You are listening to The Dr. Haley Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you optimize your health. Each episode, there will be an interview or a message to help you discover better health. We will be featuring health radicals on the show to bring new ideas to the table, as well as doubling down on key fundamentals to support you living your best life. Your host is no other than the founder of Haley Nutrition, Dr. Michael Haley. This is the Dr. Haley Show podcast. I'm your show host, Dr. Michael Haley. Today's guest is Dr. Corey Stern, who has a busy practice in Queens, New York. She helps people recover from many issues, including hormone imbalances, parasites, autoimmune disorders, thyroid conditions, and many more using nutrient-dense foods and whole food supplements for medicine. Dr. Corey Stern, thank you so much for being on the Dr. Haley Show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're in uh, like Long Island area, correct? I'm in uh, Queens, New York. Yeah. And, and we have a lot in common. Uh, you are a chiropractor. And I'm really curious because, you know, I know why I became a chiropractor. I had some uh, things that led up to it growing up. And I, I, I went to this guy and, and he kind of almost did like a Jesus thing, you know, and I wanted to be like Jesus raising the dead. What's your story? Why did you choose to become a chiropractor? I have uh, quite a story, actually. It started when I was a fetus. Um, my parents were raised on what I call garbage food. And so were their parents. So I was born with what I call a garbage body. And when, when we talk about garbage food, we're talking about processed uh, chemicals, um, things that I don't consider to be actual food. I call them processed products. So as a child, I was always sick. I always had throat infections, ear infections, bladder infections. I was always on antibiotics. I thought this was normal. I thought all kids... Um, you know, took this pink bubblegum tasting liquid medicine. And um, by the time I was 15, I had a throat infection that would not respond to any interventions. Uh, so I was getting put on one antibiotic after another. And I was, I was quite sick. It was the summertime and I, I was too sick to go out and hang out with my friends. And I, I got angry. And I decided that medical doctors don't seem to know how to fix things. And I decided I was going to fix myself. So I started to do some research. This is uh, back in the days when there was no such thing as the internet. So I'm 60. So I was, you know, this was mid seventies. And um, I was reading incessantly and I stumbled on a magazine called Prevention which was uh, alternative health uh, magazine. And um, I discovered something that astonished me. And that is there was a connection between what you eat and your health. And once I understood that, I understood why I was sick and could not recover. So I decided to completely change my own diet at 15. At the time I was living in Manhattan uh, in a high rise building and I was the building babysitter. So. I was making good money. It was a dollar an hour, but back then that was good money. And I saved up all my money and bought my own food. And I totally cleaned up my diet. I stopped eating sugar and, and white flour, anything processed or got chemicals out of my, out of my diet. And then I found a, a book called Back to Eden, which is kind of what I call an herbal Bible. It was written in the twenties and it had every single herb and its therapeutic application. And I started messing around with herbs and making my own concoctions. And long story short, I healed myself. So um, it kind of planted the seed in me that maybe one day I would be able to do this for other people. And fast forward to adulthood, I explored all my options. And in at least in New York, chiropractors can practice nutrition. So I figured I could do multiple modalities in, in helping people to, um, to recover their health. And I was seeing a chiropractor at the time that I made the decision. So I was inspired by that as well. Yeah, and um, yeah, here we are. 
we, we do have similar stories. I mean, I grew up on, you know, Wheaties for breakfast with a layer of sugar on them and peanut butter and jelly or bologna, you know, whichever one was the yes, exactly. lunch of the day for my school lunch. And then, you know, pizza or spaghetti at night. And, yep. you know, I thought that was real food. And I, I didn't figure out that I was nutrient deficient until probably nearly 30 years old. You know, I, I thought I could just go to the gym and exercise what I ate into superhuman, you know, muscle and strength and beauty. No, doesn't work that way. Garbage in, garbage out. And it took me a lot longer to figure that out. But it was, it was, you know, junk food growing up. And, you know, the food back then wasn't as bad as it is now. It was more nutritious and had less chemicals in it. The younger generation is really at a disadvantage now. Yes, exactly. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Pottinger cat study um, that uh, Dr. Pottinger in the 19 early 50s was trying to create an adrenal drug for humans to for humans that had adrenal disease and he was surgically removing adrenal glands from cats to try to extract um adrenal hormones from from them and he noted that some of the cats were recovering fine post-surgery and some of them were sick or dying and he specifically noted the cats that were uh like farm cats that hunted and ate raw food that ate birds and mice were the ones that were recovering well and the ones that were on processed foods you know canned cat food and such were the ones that were not recovering and this fascinated him so he decided to do a study where he took the sick cats and started feeding them you know a real food diet and he then took the healthy cats and started feeding them processed food and he noted over three generations, all of the changes, the diseases, the, the um, things that we see in our population now, um, the cats, the, the, the processed food cats started developing diabetes and heart disease and arthritis and osteoporosis and infertility and even mental illness. And, um, it took six generations to reverse the damage feeding the sick cats a healthy diet. So that is what we're seeing in our population now. And you're right, because the food is becoming progressively more toxic as time goes by. And less nutritious at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, growing up, you know, every so often I would have my course of antibiotics, anti against bio life not realizing the damage I was doing to myself. And I think they're prescribed a whole lot less yet. There's a lot more antibiotics in the diet now than ever before, whether it's the animal foods that where the animals are filled with antibiotics or the chemicals, the, 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 you know, glyphosate, the preservatives in the food are antibiotics. They're there to kill, you know, microbiology in the food. It's an antibiotic and they're, consuming so much, annihilating their defenses, their immune system, their gut health without even realizing it. Yes. So, and people that live near commercial farms, what's called confined uh, feeding operation farms, the antibiotics that they inject the animals with is in the ground soil. So you can actually see there are studies that show that um, people living, you know, out in rural areas near these farms are even sicker. They get their immune systems are completely under attack. And um, yes, on the glyphosate also, um, people, ugh, I don't understand how people are still using this weed killer roundup when there's so much conclusive evidence that not only does it kill your your gut biome, but it actually causes cancer. I, um, I have my own health show and I interviewed the world's leading expert on glyphosate, Dr. Stephanie Seneff, brilliant woman. And I, it was just devastating um, because this chemical does not, 
it doesn't break down. It just, it stays like generation after, even if, even if a country bans it and they stop using it, it's still affecting people. Yeah. And I, I can't stand when I'm, you know, in the neighborhood and I see the people spraying their, you know, around their house. It's like, what are you doing? Yep. Yep. I did. That's so funny. Cause I was walking my dog one day and a guy was, so I'm in a, and I, I'm in a big city. So there really aren't that many lawns and things like that, but he was spraying it around a tree, a city tree on a sidewalk. And I said, you're poisoning the neighborhood. And he said, what? It's I'm just killing weeds. And I said, you're doing a lot more. You're killing a lot more than just the weeds. Leave the poor weeds alone. (laughs) Yeah. And then the, the, the sneaky city people driving their trucks with the, uh, bug sprayers and two or three in the morning, you know, annihilating not only bugs, it's antibiotics. It's there there to kill life and and the bees are dying. And, you know, it is absolutely nuts what what we're doing to the environment and to our bodies because it's in the environment. Our bodies are in the environment, which brings me to a question for you um, because over the years, I kind of went from the chiropractor towards the gut health person. I still do chiropractic. I love to adjust people, but I am seeing gut problems like never before. Are you finding the same? Yeah, I would. So I mostly do nutrition. Um, it's the same as you. I do. I still do some chiropractic, but um, I find that chiropractic is more effective when people are not nutritionally deficient um, and when their body systems are working. So I usually need to address uh, nutritional issues first. And I would say that gut issues are probably on top of the list of complaints that, that people come in to see me for. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now uh, just uh, for the people that have the short attention span, you are seeing patients physically as well as they can make virtual appointments. Is that correct? Yes, it is correct. Okay. And where would they schedule? They would go to your website. Is it, I remember seeing the name. I think it's your name, Dr. Corey Stern.com. It's Dr. Corey.com. I couldn't get a um, website with the name Stern. So it's Dr. D-R-C-O-R-I dot com and then you just click on schedule a virtual consult okay great and i saw you on a podcast talking about uh parasite cleanses Hmm. now this is an area that i've kind of avoided you know Mm -hmm. i would like to help people have the right kinds of foods and and you know create a good healthy environment for the microbiome but when it comes to doing the parasite cleanses i've always been afraid of maybe damaging the microbiome and going in aggressively. And I always say, you know, find someone that knows what they're doing in this area. It sounds like you've coached a lot of people through doing the parasite cleanse as well. Is that correct? Yes. When I think it's appropriate and necessary, Um, you know, so first of all, uh, you use the word aggressive and I never, ever do it aggressively. I just, I, I, I do it gently. So, and I, and I apply that principle to everything I do. If I find that somebody needs to detox chemicals or heavy metals, um, I go in gently, you know, we, we start off on a, on a gentle gradient and then increase it if needed. But the key, the key to not doing damage to not making the person feel worse is what we call drainage. So when you're killing off pathogens in the body, no matter what they are, whether they're parasites or bacteria, um, fungus, yeast, viruses, anything, when the pathogens die, they release gunk. They release stuff that they have inside them. And parasites especially like to eat Um, They'll eat heavy metal. So in a way, if you're heavy metal toxic, parasites can be helpful in in a sense, um, as long as they're not causing symptoms. But, you know, we don't want we don't want them to overtake your body. So it's always, always better to 
assist the body with detoxing heavy metals and then help um, to get rid of the parasites. But they, when they when they die, they'll they'll release whatever it is, pus, you know, just just yucky stuff. So when when that happens, if if there's a lot of pathogens dying off, the person's body can have what we call a die off reaction. And that's just a lot of gunk being released in into their system. And if their body is not able to drain the gunk out properly, they will not feel well. And that's one of the reasons I don't do anything aggressively. Always make sure that your drainage organs are working and that you're providing the body assistance with drainage. So the drainage organs are the liver, the spleen, the kidneys, and the bowels. So for example, if somebody's constipated, you're not going to want to just start them on a parasite cleanse. Mm. You got to make sure they're pooping first, things like that. Good point. So, so that, so that is the way to ensure that it, it goes smoothly and you're not going to do more harm, um, with, a, with a cleanse like that. Yeah. When you were talking about the, the die off and the gunk they release, I think of pertussis where mm -hmm. someone gets pertussis and they have the infection and they're not coughing yet. You know, uh, you kind of know that they have it because someone around them that we figure out had it because now they're coughing has it. And you kind of see some symptoms developing. You probably have pertussis and then they take the antibiotic or they beat it naturally or whatever the case is. And as they die off and release all those toxins, that's what's causing the cough. And it, it takes them anywhere from a month to six months to clear those toxins out. So they're continuing to cough for that whole time. The infection is long dead, but the release of the toxins when they die, that, you know, hangs around. Right. Causing so makes, lots of mucus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've never really thought about, okay, uh, you know, I have a big parasite infection. I want to go in and annihilate it. It, it would be the first, you know, that, let's get rid of them. Ah, it makes sense. Let's slow down a little bit and do it right. Mm -hmm. like yeah. That. So preparing the body for any kind of cleanse, whether it's parasite cleanse or the same principle applies to a detox. You, you're, you're going to get rid of the toxins through those drainage organs. So the drainage organs have to be functioning and not everybody's are, and they can literally get gunked up themselves. So if a lot of stuff is moving through your drainage organs, um, it can get backed up literally like it's almost like you can be constipated in your liver or your spleen or your kidneys so you know there are ways of of cleaning that stuff out first and opening up the channels so that things can exit the body i like that that sounds that sounds wise um who needs a parasite cleanse how do you know whether or not someone has parasites that is a wonderful question so the the truth is everybody has parasites not everybody is symptomatic from the parasites but there are many um, indicators that you might have them regarding the possible symptoms that you're experiencing so one of the most common symptoms that people come in complaining about is itching in the rectal area very often that's pinworms. I don't really care what kind of parasite it is affecting a body because, you know, you use the same principles no matter what. I didn't have an um, itch there until you said it, but now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Go ahead and scratch. We'll wait. <laughs> no, no. Uh, really, I'm actually just fine. But, you know, you know how that is. And there's probably people out there hearing you say that and saying, oh, that makes sense. Maybe I should, you know do something about this. It's, it's pretty common. And, um, you know, if you have, if you have pets, um, you're more likely to have exposure, even though a lot of people will say to me, Oh, my pet, you know, they did a parasite uh, medication and yeah, that doesn't mean the parasites are gone. So like antibiotics, all these drugs that kill off pathogens, they kill off the weak guys 
but the strong ones survive and then they start reproducing. Um, so yeah, there are many different symptoms of poss the possibility of having parasites because they don't only live in the gut. Parasites are pretty clever. They can hide, they can live anywhere. They can live in any organ. For example, liver flukes tend to live in the liver. Um, and by the way, those are, you can get those from swimming in, um, swimming in a lake. Um, there's many different uh, sources of exposure, eating raw fish or, you know, any raw protein, uh, animal protein. Um, you, if you garden a lot, they're in the soil. Um, so even vegetables can, can have parasites on them. But this is not to scare people, just to say it's kind of a normal part of life. You'll have right. exposure. And if, you're, if your immune system is working well, they're not necessarily going to cause a problem. It's just when they start to overgrow. So if they're in your gut, you may have gut symptoms and that can be anything. It could be diarrhea. It can be, you know, or just loose stool. It can be gas. I've seen everything. So, you know, one of the things we say is um, parasites can cause any symptom. And I've had the most strange symptoms reported people feeling vibrations in their you know, pelvis in their, in their chest, people feeling like their skin is crawling, itching all over. So those are all things that might be indicators. And um, you just, again, you start with opening up the drainage organs, making sure they're nice and clean. And then you start a gentle, you know, very low dose of a parasite support supplement. Yeah, and I think pretty much everyone listening is guilty of, you know, all of the above from, you know, gardening to, you know, eating possibly sushi or whatever the case is. Um, so it does make sense that we'd all have parasites at some level and that some people, their bodies are just managing it better than others. Correct. Yep. If I had only one tool to improve most people's health, if I could make only one recommendation for everyone, it would be to eat 10 servings of fruits and vegetables every day, representing all the colors. For those that just can't do that, I recommend a scoop of Aya Green's powdered fruits and vegetables. Sure, you can buy powdered fruits and vegetables in capsules, but you would need to swallow about 40 capsules of a high quality product to get the antioxidant power of 10 servings. Or you can add about a cup of water to a scoop of greens and drink it down as a tasty beverage. To get started today, head over to HaleyNutrition.com and put some Aya Greens in the cart. Use the coupon code ANTIOXIDANTS before February 15th, 2024 to get 15% off your Aya Greens vegetable and fruit powder. The coupon also works for the Haley Pro Vegan Protein Powder. Use a scoop of each in your favorite beverage as a perfect meal replacement. Now, back to the show. What else do you typically see in your office? Oh, <laughs> there's a lot. So I see a lot of thyroid issues. That's pretty much epidemic. Um, unfortunately, I'm seeing a lot of new cancer cases right now. A lot, almost weekly. I have at least one new patient with a diagnosis of cancer. I see a lot of anxiety. Um, I see so many people with sleep issues, poor sleep, interrupted sleep, trouble sleeping, insomnia. And then of course, um, a lot of uh, women with hormonal imbalances at all ages, young women with something called polycystic ovarian syndrome, where they have, um, they have stopped menstruating, they have acne, they gain weight and can't lose it. Um, uh, then, you know, per, uh, women who want to have, um, want to get pregnant and are having difficulty, women entering perimenopause that are very symptomatic with things like hot flashes. I had a new patient yesterday with no energy, hot flashes, depression, she was 47. Um, just absolutely miserable. 
So those are the probably the most common things I'm seeing on a daily basis. And also people whose immune system is compromised and they get sick a lot, sick with, you know, colds and flu symptoms and things like that. Yeah. um, I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff and, and the thyroid, especially it's like what happened in the past, you know, couple decades that thyroid issues are so on the rise now. Um, I have an answer to that. (laughs) Please do. Yeah. So it really started, I think, I think what set it off was in the, at some point in the eighties, at least in the United States, commercial wheat flour, they started adding something called bromide to it. So it's called bromated flour. It's a um, anti-caking agent, I think. And um, prior to that, they were adding iodine. And the thyroid actually needs iodine to create its thyroid hormone. So people were not necessarily having iodine deficiency. Well, this is interesting because on the periodic table, those are like stacked above, you know, one and below each other. So they would have similar. Exactly. So... That's exactly what, where I was going with this. So for people that are iodine deficient, um, and where, where do you get iodine? You can get it in good quality salt, which I didn't mean to like specifically have this sitting here, but this is my, my pink salt. Um, you can get it in um, seafood like seaweed and shellfish. So for people not eating that stuff, um, there's commercial iodized salt so so what i call processed salt um that you buy in a supermarket that has iodine added that that's not really good for you i actually have a whole video on what happens when you don't eat good salt so when your thyroid is iodine deficient and you're feeding it something like bromide which is very close to iodide molecularly the thyroid will just take in whatever looks like iodine. And anything that ends in IDE or INE on the periodic table can be mistaken by the thyroid by, a, by an iodine deficient thyroid. So chlorine, right. which white flour also has, that's how, that's how it's made white. It's, it's made with chlorine gas. People that clean with, with bleach, which is chlorine, people that swim in chlorinated swimming pools. There's a lot of, it's in the water, it's in most, in most um, water supplies. So fluoride uh, in the toothpaste, fluoride, (laughs) fluoride in the toothpaste. Um, People get fluoride treatments at the dentist. So yeah, so that, that was, that was part of the issue is that all of these Ides were actually causing the thyroid to become toxic. And so it would start um, accelerating cellular death. So every, every organ, every part of your body experiences cellular death. I mean, that's a normal part of living. Your, your cells, your cells are always dying and you're, and you're growing new ones. But when, when an organ becomes toxic, there's accelerated cellular death. And then, um, and then it starts to not work as well. And when the immune system catches wind that the, there's too much dead, dead stuff going on, dead, dead tissue, it will try really hard. Part of the immune system's job is to clean up dead cells and it'll try really hard to keep up with it. And after a while it could possibly um, start misfiring and attacking the healthy tissue. And that's what we call autoimmune disease. So in the case of the thyroid, Hashimoto's thyroiditis can be a consequence of a toxic thyroid. And um, the other thing that's happening now to make it all worse is that the thyroid is very sensitive to radiation. And a lot of people are doing this. And the electromagnetic field from the phone is radiation. So people are irradiating their thyroid on a regular basis in addition to poisoning it. So that's 
you know, most of the reasons why we're seeing this epidemic of thyroid issues. So with all these hormonal issues and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going through menopause right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, well, you know, I'm in, in late fifties and, and things change and, and, and we start putting on weight and, you know, uh, Luckily for me, I don't feel sluggish and I'm not having um, too many issues sleeping and stuff like that. But people are really affected some more than others by these changes, um, whether it's a thyroid insufficiency, um, hyperthyroid or, or or the male or female hormones. What do we need to do? Do we need to get hormone replacement therapy? I am not a fan of that. Um, when you take when you take hormones into your body from the outside, you're going to be sending a signal to the glands that are supposed to be producing the hormones that they don't need to do that because there's enough in there and they will become atrophied and they will stop working after a while. And then you'll be stuck on those hormones forever. And they're not necessarily good for you. They're drugs. Even bioidentical hormones are drugs. So the, the better approach is to feed the glands, the replacement parts they need to start growing healthier tissue so that they actually work. And that's, that's exactly what I do. I, I'm um, kind of smiling because when I asked the question, you know, you, you answered very gently, but your eyes screamed no <laughs> to the hormones. Yes, that I know. I know I did that because I, I'm faced with this question every day and people come in to, to see me for help all the time asking if they should go on hormone replacement therapy or actually already on it. Um, one of the hormone replacement therapies is actually the drug that they put people with hypothyroidism on, which is called Synthroid, which is synthetic thyroid hormone. And, you know, I, I have to say, I, I almost never failed to repair a thyroid um, and, 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 and I'm able to get people to, to be, to wean off their, their synthetic thyroid hormones. So it's really not that difficult. Part of, part of it is a big part of it is always going to be, no matter what the symptoms are, no matter what the organs that are dysfunctional are, it's part of it is going to be eating a clean nutrient dense diet. That's giving your body everything it needs to be able to not only repair damage but to make sure things stay in working order and most people especially in the u.s but i actually have virtual patients from all over the world most people have nutritional deficiencies and imbalances because it's not that easy to get to access clean nutrient dense foods so even if you are able to start improving your diet. And I can, I can give you a link where people can, in the US can find a source of clean nutrient dense food um, anywhere in the US. And I even have a link for um, the rest of the world. Um, and for anyone listening right now, those links, I, I want them from you. Uh, if you're on the drhaley.com blog and looking at this podcast page, they will be down at the bottom. And I also have them on my website under, I think it's called resources. Um, so even if you start eating a clean nutrient dense diet, and by clean, we mean organic, we mean not sprayed with terrible chemicals like the glyphosate we were referencing earlier or pesticides, all of that nutrient dense means they're grown in soil that actually has its nutrients replenished, which commercial farms don't do. Commercial farms use artificial fertilizer made out of petroleum. Um, so organic farms use uh, natural fertilizer, things poop. like manu manure, right, poop, <laughs> which, is, which is what we actually uh, need to replenish the soil and put all the minerals back in. But so even if you're eating clean nutrient dense food, you still probably need some kind of supplementation and things specifically to get your organs to work. So 
In my line of work, we have a saying, like heals like. If your thyroid gland is not working, you may need to eat some thyroid gland. If your adrenal glands are not working, you may need to eat some adrenal gland and so on. And most people these days will not eat organ meat. So I think our bodies are designed um, to eat if you're if you're eating animal they're designed to eat the whole animal i know not everybody agrees with eating animal but i have found that my healthiest patients are omnivores meaning they eat um, mostly animal with some plant foods and um if you don't want to eat organ meat if you don't want to eat thyroid or don't want to eat adrenal gland well we have supplements for that. We have desiccated adrenal gland supplements. We have desiccated thyroid gland supplements. And those supplements give your bodies the replacement parts they need to grow healthy new tissue. And that's really the easiest way to repair organs so they start working well. So in your case of your menopause, you know, you we would want to give your um, male uh your male hormone producing glands some some help some you know we don't want to feed them and then of course there are herbs that help to support um, hormone production so uh, one of my favorite herbs for both men and women is tribulus tribulus is an herb that um, helps to support testosterone production and it helps to increase circulation so i'm going to click if, the link <laughs> so if you want to put two and two together it's helpful for things like erectile dysfunction it but it so it increases blood supply to genitals um, in both men and women so it actually improves your experience of sex and um and the, and then it also helps with endurance exercise because it's increasing your circulation so there are a lot of herbs like that that I use for for hormone support for both men and women. I have a whole list of them. Um, in addition to feeding, you know, feeding the body good quality replacement parts. You, you've explained it well. Uh, I'm going to ask you to contrast it though with the alternative meaning. Uh, we, we you used words like nutrient dense foods. And um, I've heard you in the past use the term whole food supplements. Um, other people might be buying bottles of pills, vitamins. Can you explain the difference between the whole food supplement and, and just help people really see the difference so they know if they're doing the right thing or not? Yes, definitely. And I actually have a video um, dedicated to that topic on my on my show. So. I want to use vitamin C as an example, because most people are taking, if you're taking vitamin C and you go, go grab your bottle of vitamin C right now and read the label, what you're actually taking is ascorbic acid. And on your label, it might say something like vitamin C as calcium ascorbate or vitamin C as something with the word ascorbic or ascorbate in it. So vitamin C, like all vitamins, are a complex. There are many different components to vitamins. And vitamin C has things called um, J factors and P factors. And it has an enzyme in it called tyrosinase. It has all these cool things in it. And then it has an outer shell of ascorbic acid. And that is specifically to preserve the vitamin ascorbic acid is like a preservative but for whatever reason um the the people in charge of vitamins uh fda perhaps don't recognize vitamin c as a complex so they isolate but vitamin c manufacturers isolate the ascorbic acid component of the vitamin C and call it vitamin C. So if you're taking a thousand milligrams of what you think is vitamin C, you are taking a thousand milligrams of ascorbic acid. Now the problem is that you're creating an imbalance in your body because if you have 
too much ascorbic acid and not enough of the other guys, the P factors, the J factors, the tyrosinase, all the other things, the, well, first of all, you'll have a deficiency of those things. So you're not really, you're actually vitamin C deficient and the ascorbic acid will compete for uptake into your cells with the other things. And the ascorbic acid will win because there's more of it. So you literally are creating a deficiency in your body. And that is true of all synthetic vitamins. They're all isolates. They're all just isolated components of a complex. And vitamin D3 is an example. Vitamin D is also, there's D1, D2, D3. Like it's, it's a multifaceted um, molecule. And most vitamin D that people are taking is D3, which is the active form of D. That's when you're, when, when you have the whole component in your body, the whole vitamin, the sun will activate the, the D and will, you'll, your body will be able to make it into D3. So when you're taking too much of just the three, and not the other parts of it, you're creating um, an artificial imbalance in the body. So your fortified so, milk might not be so fortified. Correct. Exactly. And um, w when it comes to milk, I, I strongly recommend that you just drink it straight out of the cow without it going through the pasteurization process. And I'm here to tell you that you won't die from that because that's the only kind of dairy I ever ingest is raw which right. um the the um the the website that uh you're going to provide also gives you sources of raw good, really good quality clean raw dairy grass-fed so yeah so the the vitamins a and d that are provided in especially when when the milk is not only pasteurized but it's skimmed or low fat it's it's not food that's and, okay and, you guys can have yeah. the skim milk give me all the cream i might even chill it and enjoy it as you know a nice ice cream <laughs> it's so good for you and and raw cream and raw butter is loaded with a vitamin called f that most people don't even know about and are deficient in and vitamin f interacts with vitamin d in your body and um it helps prevent skin cancer so um i do have my patients you know get getting onto either raw butter or vitamin f and and the supplements that i use are all made out of food so you get the whole my vitamin c has all the components of vitamin c in it so it's it's made out of food sources that contain whole the whole complex now, as we're having this discussion here and we're talking about some animal foods in the process, uh, a lot of my uh, customers, um, subscribers uh, have cancers or had cancers at one time, and they chose a very cleansing, detoxifying diet, more vegan than anything else, probably avoiding growth foods like animal foods. I do want to make the distinction that Diets have different purposes and an anti-cancer or cleansing type diet doesn't necessarily equate to survival of the fittest or the healthiest diet option. It might be the healthiest option for a season to get what you're get through what you're going through. Uh, but as we're talking about animal foods, there are a lot of benefits and people have, are, are missing out on those benefits when they are strict raw vegans. So, Yes. And I will add that different bodies respond differently to different diets and different ratios of protein, fat, and carbohydrates. So I never do a one size fit, fits all except for the, the one consistent factor that I always recommend is that it's clean meaning that it's not sprayed with pesticides and that's especially important for cancer patients because you don't want to put more toxins in your body so yes so i i mentioned i do have many cancer patients and we have different recommendations um, based on the, the person's condition and presentation yeah yeah 
Um, I like uh, Jordan Rubin's take on it. I once heard him say that, you know, he'd look at food a few different ways. For him, it was important that it was a biblical food, but also a traditional food. Well, what does that mean? Well, uh, you know, cows uh, could be biblical, but traditionally they were in the pastures eating grass. <laughs> right, and then, exactly. And then he would, the third component would be the science. Scientifically, we can say, well, that makes sense that the grass fed is better because we see it higher in omega threes. And, you know, so it's less inflammatory, more even anti-cancer than exactly. the inflammatory CAFO fed, uh, confined animal feed operation fed uh, beef. So I, I like looking at those different perspectives. Um, it's a great take on it. What is your favorite testimonial related to what you do? Oh, wow. I have so many. And um, I have like 90 or so Google reviews that I love and read over and over again because it's so rewarding to, to hear um, improvements that people have had. But if I have to pick a favorite, I had a 12-year-old boy who was getting sick very frequently and his, his mom was a patient and um, I started to see the, the young man and we had to clean up his diet. He, he was on an almost all sugar diet and we got the diet cleaned up and he was doing much better. And um, I don't know, maybe a few months into working with him, he came in sick and he hadn't been sick in quite a while. And he came in with a, with a buddy of his, another 12 year old boy who was sitting and watching and listening. So I asked my patient, um, let me ask you something. Did you eat sugar? Mm -hmm. And before he could answer me, the buddy said he did. And I said, oh, okay, um, thanks for letting me know. Did you know that sugar is bad for, for him and for you? And he said, yeah, he told me everything that you taught him. And you know what? I stopped eating sugar myself. And I used to be on medication for attention deficit, and I don't need it anymore. So this was not a patient of mine. And I actually got a kid off of a toxic drug without ever even meeting him. I get goosebumps every time I tell that story because you just never know how widespread your effect is going to be and how you're going to save lives without ever knowing that you've done it. Yeah, this this might bleed into my next question then. What gets in the way of people getting well? So from what I see, people there there's a lot of people that are addicted to sugar sugar is more addictive than cocaine so you can never just tell somebody to stop eating sugar if they're addicted to it you you have to gently wean them off the same way you do you approach killing off parasites gently or detoxing gently you wean people off sugar gently people become very attached to their food they become resistant to making changes so if you try to do too much all at once, they won't be able to do it. They will fail and they will quit. They won't stick with it. Um, I had a, a quick, funny story. I had a new 35-year-old uh, patient with um, a, a current diagnosis of diabetes and very severe, very, very, very high blood sugar. And he's a sugar addict terrible diet, junk food diet, a single guy doesn't cook. And um, <laughs> I got him started on some supplements to help with blood sugar while we're working on cleaning up his diet, which we do gently week by week. And um, one of the supplements I gave him was an herb called gymnema. And gymnema helps to restore the cells in the pancreas that produce insulin. But the other thing that it can do is if you suck on it, it, it it's a bitter herb. It makes sugar taste bad. I mentioned that to him just as an aside, if you want to try it. He came back a week later and he said, how dare you give me supplements that may, make Snapple taste bad? I can't drink Snapple anymore. 
<laughs> and I'm like, I love it. I mean, he was joking, but um, that was an easy way to get him off the Snapple. That it's not usually that simple. Now, it's funny, as you're saying that, I'm thinking of the seed in the Moringa tree. Uh, if you open those things up and you suck on that, anything you have after that actually tastes like sugar. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, so that would interesting. Be the other, that would be the other way to deal with it to without help. taking sugar. Right. But we want to we wanna alter people's taste buds or actually restore their taste buds so that sugar ends up not tasting well because in nature, I don't think God intended for us to eat a high sugar diet because in nature sugar is not that easily accessed you you have to you have to you know fight bees to get honey you have to get inside the bark of a tree to get maple syrup you know it's not it's not readily available or abundant in nature so when people eat a lot of processed foods chemicals um uh, uh synthetic salt uh sugars their taste buds change and um only those foods taste good even and once meats, you, meats that have been cured in sugars i mean it's right, everywhere right. and chemicals right and once you start weaning people off of these chemical um, processed products their taste their normal taste buds are restored and suddenly that stuff doesn't taste good anymore you can start tasting the chemicals in it you can taste the 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 sugar taste it tastes too sweet and, you know, the thing that I love the most is when we've gotten people um, off of these chemicals, they're eating a clean diet, they're feeling better. And then one day, whatever the, you know, it's their birthday, it's a holiday, it's whatever occasion, and they eat, ate something that, you know, they, they shouldn't have eaten. And the, the, what, the symptom that they were suffering from comes back so they they came in with migraines they haven't had a migraine in a few months and now they they've eaten something um and they and they get a migraine and they they're like okay i really don't want to have this experience anymore i'm not going to do that again i like yeah. when that happens yeah they fell off the wagon uh what is a what's the most important lifestyle change someone could make today to change their health well, I think the thing that we were just talking about is it is starting the process of if you if you start reducing the amount of sugar and processed chemicals in your diet um, and also take some whole food supplements to correct deficiencies, your cravings will go away. You will have more energy. You will sleep better. Um, and so those are important factors in restoring health, because if you have more energy, you can exercise. If you can sleep better, you're getting more rest and um, you do most of your healing in your sleep. So chemical process product diets interfere with all your all your body functions. And I, I have to pick that as as the first step. You can even do things like you can meditate better when you don't have those chemicals in your body. Um, you, you feel more at peace. Every single aspect of your life ends up being improved by cleaning up your diet and correcting your deficiencies. You know, what you said, that's probably had the biggest impact on me uh, personally, meaning over the years I've made connections. You said by cutting this out, you might sleep better. And when I started associating the changes in my life with the changes in my diet, for instance, uh, I had a, a light bulb moment when, you know, years ago, I haven't had a diet Coke in a couple decades, but I, I was cutting off of it, realizing it was bad for me. And then one day I went back on it, <laughs> you know, just had a breakdown and had a diet Coke and this ringing in my ears came back. And that's when I realized that I hadn't had it for so long. And it was related to drinking for me, Diet Coke. If I have a Diet Coke today, I have no doubt I'm going to get ringing in my ears again. I don't want that. So it now makes the Diet Coke like repulsive. I, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, I, I used to eat processed meats. And I realized that I would have very violent dreams after eating processed meats, there's something in there's some kind of chemicals in there that are changing. It's interfering with my sleep. 
And, you know, it, it would be very gross, disgusting, aggressive, violent dreams. Uh, wow, I sleep better now by not eating those things. Um, so when we start making those connections, then you no longer want the things that that are interfering with your life. So I, I, I like how you uh, how you put that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I'm talking about. And the ringing in your ears, I'm guessing might be from the artificial sweetener in the Diet Coke. Yeah. Probably. And, you know, now I do like a little bit of sweet, but for the most part, I like the, um, you know, uh, I like things that are, I like the meat and potatoes, mm -hmm. you know, Me too. Uh, and, Me too. and I would, I would definitely prefer another helping of dinner over having dessert. You know, same, that's same just here. me. I'm I, lucky. Yeah, uh, I crave I crave real food now. Yeah. But if I want something sweet, it's probably going to be something with, you know, either either dates or or maybe stevia or, or something that's um, you know, not gonna really feed that 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 sugar high. So yep, good job. Very well yeah. done. Mm -hmm. Um is there, you know, I, and I wanna I wanna make sure that we let people know that you do have a lot of content there on on YouTube and there's places to uh, learn uh, a lot more. Um, well, let's go there a little bit too. What are they going to find on your YouTube channel? I'm trying to hit every health topic imaginable. So it's a work in process because I add new videos as often as I can, but I have everything we talked about is on there. Everything. I have a thyroid video. I have an energy video. I have a back pain video. I have, um, you know, whole food supplement uh, salt. Um, I have, I talk about very specific different herbs and what they can do for you. And I take requests. So if you want to hear about something that's not there yet, I'm happy uh, mm. to make a video about it. Um, and uh, I, 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 I'm very, very busy, so I'm not doing as, as uh, the videos as often as I would like to, but I'm trying. I'm trying to make more space in my life to do more of them because I just love educating people and people, the feedback I get. Wow, I never understood that before. I never knew exactly what diabetes does to your body. I never understood the importance of my liver until I watched your video. So I love that. It, it's, it makes me so happy to hear that. Yeah. Oh, I put you in that position today where you had to answer the questions that I asked, sort of. Is there anything you wish that I had asked you? Hmm. That's a great question. You know, the truth is, I was going to tell you after we were done, but since you're asking, this was a wonderful experience for me. I've gone on a lot of different people's shows and you asked excellent questions and everything that we talked about are areas of interest and expertise and you actually yourself seem truly in interested in my answer. So no, I think we covered everything that I would have ever dreamed about wanting to talk about. Thank you. That's great. Now, you know, I can see a lot of your influences from, you know, things like probably maybe a little Weston A. Price and uh, maybe Natasha, you know, McBride. But um, so you're very knowledgeable, well-studied. And uh, when when we talk about your YouTube channel, I know the content there. It might not be, you know, from this week, but it's evergreen, meaning knowing where your knowledge comes from, it's like, okay, well, all I did is went back to what real food is. And that doesn't change. It's not going to exactly. change. So right. Right. And when new things come out, I'll I'll do an updated video on it. And by the way, you mentioned Weston A. Price. I have the president and founder of Weston A. Price uh, Foundation. Twice I interviewed her. Amazing woman. Oh, yeah. neat, neat. Yeah. That is exciting. Uh, Sally mm -hmm. Fallon, maybe? Yeah, Sally Fallon, who founded the Real Milk Campaign. So everything I learned about raw milk, I learned from her. And I have a video, I interviewed her about it. And then we did another video on foods for fertility. But I didn't call it that because men weren't watching the video. So we, I called it something like, fat and, are fat and cholesterol good for you? Um, and we, it was very interesting about how different cultures, uh, what they eat when they are planning to get pregnant and the specific fats that they eat, like bear fat, Native Americans eating bear fat. 
fascinating stuff. Yeah. Wow. That is interesting. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been truly a pleasure. I want to thank you so much for being on the Dr. Haley Show podcast. Um, I, I, I'm going to have to get a list of those important links. And for the people listening, go to the blog page, drhaley.com, uh, to see this podcast because I know there's going to be a list of links uh, that won't fit right below the video. So, well, everything, I could put everything on the blog page and uh, we'll link to your website, how to get in touch with Dr. Corey Stern. It's all going to be there. So, thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on The Dr. Haley Show. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot, and share this exact episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode on www.drhaley.com. If you want to geek out with Dr. Michael Haley on other radical health topics, be sure to check out his YouTube channel where he posts exclusive video content. All the details are at www.drhaley.com and we can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode.